W and RIs up front. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody. Welcome to uh, the Upfront program for this Friday morning. Roger here. Right up until, um, actually, till 930, because uh, when the Upfront program finishes, uh, we'll uh, chat with Lynn Bouvier Kapiskis for our legal segment. That legal segment has been on the air over 30 years. Wow. That's a long time. And that's what we're shooting for with Bob Martin, to do 30 years of uh, real estate questions. You think that's possible, Bob? Um, you're not sure, huh? Only, only if I come back in the spirit. All right. <laughs> All right. That's one way of uh, putting it. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our real estate uh, question of the week. Last week, we are talking about uh, the very touchy um, question of uh, revaluation and and how it relates to multifamily houses and um, and generates a pretty high tax bill for them and how it helps with uh, homestead exemptions and things like that for single-family homeowners. And, of course, they're the ones that vote. I think you, you covered that one pretty good uh, for us. I think uh, we got a, a better perspective of uh, how that works. I'd like to go to a new topic today, Bob, if you don't mind. And that's um, and that's the sale of, of houses. I was reading uh, some stories out there in the real estate market, and I'm going to ask you how they how they work against the northern Rhode Island uh, real estate market. And it looks like um, there are um, the ho- the prices of houses are holding their value. It's not like they're plummeting. Uh, looks like they're holding their value. The inventory seems to be low, uh, and and so. Uh, Sellers are are getting uh, their getting their price, and it seems that buyers are just accepting the fact that they have higher interest rates uh, to deal with. They just have to cope with it. Maybe they have less of a house to buy. So why don't you put it all together and tie in the Northern Rhode Island market? Okay. Well, a couple of your observations are accurate, Roger. The uh, house prices are holding. Uh, however, if you know if uh, they're on the buy side, what's decrease a lot is this multiple bids on a house. So I don't want to say that the prices have come down, but the, let's call it the list price. is It's, it's holding, <clears throat> but what's not happening anywhere near as often is someone saying, hey, you we're on for 300 I really want this house. There's no inventory. Um, I'm going to offer $330,000. So this there are some homes that are still selling, you know, in a competitive way, but the this this just auction attitude of I need to offer fifty thousand dollars more or thirty thousand dollars more to get this house that's pretty much subsided. Other than if you have it, let's say a unique home, uh, which was always so. Yes, they think of settled down in in that way, but they're they're not plummeting by any means. Um, Our sales down compared to the numbers that I'm furnished with are year-to-year comparisons. So, yes, sales are down, pendings are down. Um, Inventories at this time, um, a few months ago, were about a half a month, what we call absorption. um, They're slowly increasing. As I mentioned, oftentimes, a six-month market 
of inventory. It's considered a balanced market between a buyer and a seller. We're, we're up to, you know, we're approaching two months now, down from a half a month. So there is more inventory, and buyers can certainly, um, it, it's still a seller's market, but buyers now have a choice of, of multiple homes, and they can, for the most part, it can afford to try to negotiate. Um, as I said, prices are pretty much held, but if someone's willing to pay the asking price, um, you know, there's a fair chance that they're, they'll be competitive enough enough to get it. So from that perspective, uh, buyers are, you know, saving money and not having to go into a frenzy. Um, sellers have missed the boat with, you know, hoping that someone will come along with cash and feel that, oh, I better buy today because prices are going to be higher tomorrow. That mentality is gone. Now, the other side of that coin is is rates. Um, I think where people are really, I mean, some people have been priced out of the market. The, the, the one that was very marginal to begin with, on their, what we call debt-to-income ratio, rates went up. They, they could conceivably have been priced out of the market. But um, that's not everyone. And... and you know, um, the average mortgage in this country is at seven to eight years. So if someone can afford, uh, and rates have dropped to about six and a half last week, six and three quarters. If someone can afford that payment, chances are over the life of that mortgage, uh, they're going to remortgage it. And in seven to ten years, they're going to sell the house. They'll want to remortgage it to take equity out of it, et cetera. So it's, it's not a lifelong thing. And if someone can save themselves 20, 30, 40,000 from just a year ago um, in the frenzy, that, that buys a lot of extra mortgage payments. The, the other thing that people um, are just hearing is this 30-year fixed mortgage. I have spoken to you know, my agents and whatnot um, and, and told them we, we need to become more consultants now. Um, and, and, you know, people have just said, oh, 7% rate, forget it. What, what they fail to realize is there are alternatives out there. There's a, uh, a, a, a one-year variable. Well, you know, they're notorious, but they're not notorious anymore. Now there are safeguards where even if the rates go up, they can only go up a certain maximum. And, and we can show people, look, over a period of time, this is, Next year, this is the most you'd pay, the year after. But it'll get you into the house now. Um, there are in-house programs. There's a particular lender I spoke to this week. They've got a five-and-a-quarter in-year fixed rate um, with a 5% down payment. Uh, there's things called buy-downs. There's a 5-1 arm. So um, the general public is, is not aware of this, or they, all they choose to do look at is, Oh, a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. Well, I'd say 1 in 10 are going to have that mortgage for 30 years. So um, I, I think that when you know when one door closes, another one opens. And for a buyer, um, rate aside on the short term, they've been in a better position today. They have more inventory, and they're in a better position to negotiate than they were 6, 8, 10 months ago. But it, it's... It's a mental thing that's got to be overcome. I think it's an education thing that people are just reacting to. Oh, my payment w would be a whole lot higher today. Yes, it would. 
assuming that you wouldn't be paying more for the property. Uh, so, you know, there's an education process that's going to have to take hold. Um, but unfortunately, it's it's going to take some time. Um, and, you know, I don't look at things as dire. Roger, you and I have, have owned property before. And if some years, if we could have gotten a 6.5% rate, we'd have said, oh, my God, let's grab it while rates are low. Um, but, but everything is relative. Everything is being compared to uh, the past, if you will, or the immediate past. And it's going to take a little bit of time. So my, my suggestion to people is, um, like if I wanted to do advertising, Roger, I've called you often and said, what about this? What's your idea on that? Because it's what you do, you know, for a living. Um, people should consult with a financial advisor, if you will, and probably more particularly, you know, a realtor that's like, like myself that's been in business for a long time, you know, with an accounting degree. Um, I, I bought, sold. And, um, you know, we can sit with people and say, I agree with you, you can't afford this. Or, you know what, here are your alternatives. Um, and, um, you know, that's going to take a little bit of time, you know, for people to come along with that. Because all they're concerned about now is, oh, the rates went up. And, of course, you know, whether it's news newscast or whatnot, people, the press and whatnot, likes to emphasize the negative. Rather than, but I haven't seen an article yet on, hey, there's some alternative financing out there that, that may be not as great as a 3% rate in the short term, but it'll put you into the house today, and um, you can always remortgage down the road. So, you know, that's, that's generally where I'm at. Prices are holding steady, but the frenzy is, uh, and the overbidding is really lessened, and um, there are alternatives even to today's rates, which are not that awful if you can afford them. All the more reason to uh, deal, deal with uh, a real estate agent who's got the experience and the knowledge. And I, I, I didn't realize that there are ceilings now on interest rates. Uh, I just thought that they could go with the market and get out of hand. But uh, apparently, um, you know, when you get that variable, uh, there's a, a ceiling that you can, uh, you can uh, tie into and it kind of protects you. That's always a good thing. And that's, I guess, where it comes in to, to know uh, your uh, real estate agent and know that uh, they have this kind of knowledge. Appreciate that, Bob. Okay, Roger. I want you to have a good day, all right? I want you to have a good day, too, Roger. All right. And a good weekend. How's okay, that yeah, that's even better. I like all that. Right. All right, Bob Martin on our live line with our real estate uh, feature of the week. Always a pleasure talking with him. All right, let's check in with our... Uh, our friends in um, in Greenville at Village Paws. Your cat called and he wants a spa day too. So at Village Paws in Greenville, we offer dog-free Sundays. Cats can be bathed, brushed, and get a lion cut without any stress or fear on Sundays. It's all done under 90 minutes. Best prices, most experienced groomers in the area. Your feline friends will have a day of beauty. It's good for their health, too. For more information or to book an appointment, call us at 949-5000. We love dogs, too, at Village Paws in Greenville. 
Velos Flowers is ready for Christmas. In stock right now, many Christmas poinsettias in all different sizes and colors. Christmas cactus, too. Decorated and lighted boxwood trees. Rosemary trees and taking orders on fresh Christmas centerpieces. Outdoor wreaths, balances and swags, kissing balls, fresh garland roping with winter greens. Decorated winter pots for the yard or cemetery. And don't forget inferno ice melt and cubic pellets by the bag or by the ton. Stop in and shop for Christmas. Belos wishes everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Belos, 665 Diamond Hill Road, Woonsocket, 766-3165 to answer your questions. Your pet deserves Chibi's Pet Grooming and Supply in Rumford. Right now, we're accepting new clients. Check out our services on our website, chibistrace.com. During November, when booking a full-service appointment, you have your choice of either a teeth brushing or nail buffering for your pet. We took first place in the Pawtucket Times Reader's Trace Survey for Best Pet Grooming two years in a row. Whether it's for a quick maintenance or full service, you and your pet will love Chibi's Pet Grooming. Call for your appointment now, 401-229-3460. Conveniently located at 141 Newport Avenue, Rumford, East Providence. So, what's in your appetite? At Grumpy's in South Bellingham, their menu is so expansive, we can satisfy any taste. You may want to try a Grumpy Signature Burger. There are 12 to choose from. And if you like seafood, try our broiled seafood sampler of haddock, scallop, shrimp, lobster, and a stuffed quahog to go along. And you might want to check out our Taste of Italy, too, from eggplant, parmesan, spaghetti and meatballs, and many other Italian choices. And you may want to try a Grumpy Sirloin Steak. Filet mignon or a Bourbon Street steak tip dinner. All job royaled to your taste perfection. And we have a nightly menu special and also weekend specials. Kitchen open Friday and Saturday till midnight. Restaurant open seven days a week. It's time to make it a Grumpy's experience today. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, the panel has uh, reconvened, and uh, this time we uh, welcome to our microphones uh, Mayor-elect Lisa Baldelli-Hunt. I pretty much just know her as Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt. Hello. Welcome back to our microphones. Good morning, Roger. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. It's a little nippy out there today. Yes, it is indeed. Yes, it is. All right. Well, we'll try to keep the conversation cordial, however. Okay. And warm. Uh, so the first thing um, first, uh, I'm looking at an invitation uh, to um, to the inauguration uh, that's going to be on Tuesday night. And um, I want to ask you whether you have written your speech yet or whether you're working on it. Or are you one of those people like I do that write it the night before? I don't know. Uh, well, tell me. <laughs> these are called mayoral secrets. Yes, yes. Yes. So I have not. Uh, although I've been thinking of things and I actually, uh, I generally tend to take little notes as I think of something and then try to find the little notes that I took. Uh, although I haven't been taking as many notes as I wish I, I would have. Uh, but I will write it and I uh, will, um, yeah, so I will write it. But no, I have not. All right. Yes. So we can't uh, get any insights into that speech because it's sort of like... Um uh, still out there, uh, ready for, uh, ready for somewhere within this noggin. So when I uh, okay, fair enough. I'm looking at the um, the invitation, and it is um, it's got very little material on it. It's, it says Tuesday night, 
December 6th, 7 o'clock. Doors open at 6.15. St. Anne's Austin Cultural Center. And it has you and members of the council and school committee. And and so, uh, is there any uh, scoops you can give me as to what we can expect? Or do we have to wait until the docket comes out on, uh, I guess maybe this afternoon the docket might be out for uh, Tuesday night's council meeting, right? Um, anyway, any insights into uh, that uh, evening? Well, uh, yes, the doors open at 6.15. It is at the beautiful... St. Ann Arts and Cultural Center. Uh, I am, uh, and the ceremony would start at 7. And the actual swearing in is at 8. So we have some nice things planned between 7 and 8. So it's a relatively, you know, short by 8.30ish. It's over and um, we'll have a little bit of things to snack on at the end. And we're really pleased that uh, we're having it at this location because I think this is this is one of the gems in the city that really hasn't gotten its fair exposure. It is, I would say, it it could probably be the most beautiful building um, within the city, and the frescoes are second to none, as we know in the country. So it'll be nice to expose this building to people from within the city who have never been there and from outside the city. So we will, um, well, I will have uh, some things on the docket, and so will the council. The council uh, will need to do their appointments um, to the, the judgeships. I will have my resolution that I'll be putting forward to hire legal counsel. And uh, a couple of other uh, pieces of legislation, uh, for the most part, things that were uh, promises that were made during the election that uh, I, along with um, the majority of the council, promised that we would move forward as quickly as possible. We will try to get a couple of those on uh, as well. And then... um, more legislation will, you know, start to take place on the 19th of December. So, when it comes to uh, the solicitor, which is, of course, uh, one of the things a lot of people have been uh, curious about, will you actually name a solicitor per se, or or will you go with a, a legal firm so that there are multiple lawyers available? Mm-hmm. Uh, this time I will be going, I will be uh, asking the council to support a legal firm that I am putting forward. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. And uh, so that will be revealed on Tuesday. Well, that will be revealed when the docket comes out. Right? Yeah. I'll yeah. give you a scoop at the end of the program. Okay. Fine. On air so yeah. everyone knows. All right. All right. So uh, the, there'll, be a, there'll be a change there. Do we expect any, uh, any I, I mean, I don't think anybody didn't anticipate a change of solicitor. So therefore, there's no, no surprise. It's just who it will be. We'll find that out at the end of the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other uh, su- surprises or will there be um, pretty much uh, the, the same thing? Because you, you left uh, and then you're coming back. Uh, so are you going to like pick up where you left off? Well, I've, I've been waiting for Dan Gendron to get back to me. He hasn't. Um, I emailed him twice. I called him once. I texted him twice. And uh, no response. Obviously, today's Friday. It's basically over. Um, he has never uh, provided a weekly transition um, 
document or biweekly or even monthly for that matter. So it's really an unfortunate situation where, um, you know, as an elected official, you have the um, responsibility to do what's in the best interest of the, the residents of the city and the municipality and to have this nine week uh, block of time where somebody steps in um, and basically appoints themselves. Um, it is, you know, it's unfortunate. It's unprofessional. I didn't leave. Uh, I didn't leave office um, by my choice. It was done by this group of five individuals. And it's no secret. And, you know, they can't deny it. Uh, but it, it's what happened. But you don't, you know, you don't step in uh, to act as a mayor and then just walk out and, you know, not update the administration as to uh, what what transpired it's 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 the wrong it's wrong and i think it's um it's an indication of of exactly what i've been trying to explain to people um and obviously the majority of the people uh recognize that to be the case and that's why they made some changes on november 8th i was looking at the uh, docket for the outgoing last city council meeting um and I see two appointments to the Housing Authority. And uh, traditionally, uh, you know, you've appointed people to the Housing Authority um, that um, I felt, I guess you felt uh, were going to do the job. Was, is this a, a last-minute um, thing on the part of, um, of Mr. Gendron to uh, um, stick it to you? Or are these people, uh, are these people, people that you would have recommended anyway? No, I, I would not. Um, I, you know, I don't. I don't really know one of them. Um, another one I do. Uh, but what's interesting is, is you're right, Roger. It's you know, you're a placeholder for nine weeks, and you know this is this is the exact type of behavior. Uh, I'm gonna I'm going to refer to a commercial in a minute um, that I saw when I was a young a young younger much younger lady, right. and this is the best way that I can describe it, but. First of all, uh, the week of my removal, uh, which was initiated by a woman who actually, the accuser, uh, who lied under oath, um, uh, there was obviously very busy within the office, and I already appointed someone to the housing authority. Uh, so this is not something that needs council approval. It's a mayoral appointment. And it was already done. Um, I have no idea where the letter is. Uh, if it didn't make it down in the um, inter inter office transfer, uh, I, I just I would have to check um, on that when I get back. But uh, this is this is the behavior that is indicative of what's happened. All right, so. Those two appointments are um, one is an appointment uh, of an actual like a commissioner that could be chosen from anywhere, and one is the vacancy that occurred from um, uh, the two that need to come from actual residents of the housing authority. Right. So one was recommended by the residents and one was... No, one is, is a slot. There are seven, as you know. That's so five can come from anywhere. Mm -hmm. But two must come from actual residents of 
either Warren Heights, Bordon Boulevard, or the four high-rises. We're on the air with uh, Lisa Bodali-Hunt, and uh, she's going to be inaugurated uh, mayor of the city of Woonsocket. Um, so what term, how many, what term will this be? Uh, this will be the fifth. Fifth term, all right. Uh, and that'll be on Tuesday night. So Tuesday night takes place. We have the refreshments, a little bit of celebration and so forth. Wednesday morning, mm-hmm. you... Uh, Go to uh, City Hall. So what are you going to do? What's uh, what's on the first order of business? Well, first of all, I, I do want to uh, let everyone know that the inauguration is open to the public. Uh, you don't need an invitation uh, to attend. You're invited and you're welcome to to be there. Um, so that that I just wanted to make sure that that was clear. Uh, actually, I have, uh, I don't have it in front of me. I have either an 8 o'clock appointment or 9, and then I have a 10 o'clock uh, meeting. And, uh, well, I, I don't know if I told you this before or if I told the public, but the disruption of government is, is never good. And um, over the last nine weeks, um, Dan Gendron blocked my emails blocked my contacts uh so i have people who've been trying to reach out to me i've had extended conversations with folks that i had started conversations with uh who i've been working with on different things within the city and some have been able to get in touch with me others have not um because although susan golan my administrative aide is still an employee of the city as well um they blocked her emails as well. So it is just, like I said, it's indicative of the real person who's there. And, you know, you can get these very milk toast, you know, exchanges. Um, uh, but the, the reality is the reality. And, and it, it, I am so looking forward to a, a, a new day for the city of Woonsocket. All right. Let's take a look at some of the uh, projects uh, that are, uh, uh, that were started um before all this started and um, and continue and one of them uh, that I'm picking up on is the education center on Main Street uh, I have heard nothing but uh, good things about it uh, in terms of its uh, getting underway and getting its programs in place and uh, so do I have the uh, right uh, um, assessment of that um, or um, or have there been problems um I- to tell you we worked on that from 2018 until 2021 it opened in 21 uh in october the beginning of october uh, was the official ribbon cutting and basically every dignitary from the state was there and uh, from different uh, uh, from different departments within the state and this was something, and I've said this before, and I always give credit where credit is due. Uh, this was something that uh, began under Governor Raimondo's administration. And throw in COVID, throw in looking for a location, throw in resistance from certain elected officials who were trying to get it to go into the plaza instead of Main Street. And um, here we are. So four years later... Uh, good things come to those who wait and it has opened Uh, I've always said and I truly believe that 
you need to bring, and my mom talks about it all the time, when I was young and I was on Main Street, you know, you couldn't even walk on the sidewalk. You were getting bumped into the gutter uh, because there were so many people. And you have to have human capital on your Main Street in order to make it um, um, successful. And in addition to that, we need to get past the mentality of thinking that you have to park in front of a building to go into a business or to go into a school or you have to park on the side of the business in order to go into that business um, and I say I repeat this all the time because it's the perfect example uh, last Friday my husband and I and a couple of my sons went to eat in Providence and we had to park two blocks away to go to this small restaurant that was on a side street and that's what we did because that's where we wanted to go so if you have to park two parking lots down uh, to get to where you're going, it's good because that forces the people to not beeline to the same place all the time and never get exposed to the other businesses that are on Main Street. So that center is already a success and it will grow into a bigger success. And thank you to Governor Raimondo and Governor McKee. For making it happen. Correct. It is happening. Um, one other uh, item, I don't mean to, because there are several items on the upcoming agenda of Monday night's meeting that uh, seem to be uh, aimed at um, you and trying to make uh, things uh, difficult for you. Or, and that would be, I'm looking at this, authorizing the mayor to negotiate and bargain collectively with the firefighters union. Um, now... Was that necessary that uh, such um, um, is it, was that a resolution uh, to, to do that or or I mean weren't you ready to negotiate with them anyway? Uh, we had already what started. What does that mean? We had already <laughs> started. That for me. We had already started negotiations uh, with the fire union and Dan Gendron sat with them and he was negotiating with them as well. And then he was informed uh, that you were supposed to have legislation authorizing someone to negotiate. So that's why that legislation is on. But what I find very interesting with that legislation is they just literally admitted that Jim Kanoya negotiated a contract with the police department without proper authorization. Or the council as a whole negotiated without authorization, which we know the council as a whole, did not do that. Um, we were all in meetings when we were presented with it. Um, so, you know, as as Councilman Ward indicated, um, he, you know, there's Rhode Island general law that states that you need to um, uh, appoint a negotiator, uh, the mayor or designee. So that's what they've done. But I think the bigger telling uh, uh, piece of this is the fact that Again, one of the issues of my removal was the removal was due to the negotiation or lack thereof of finality from the city solicitor um, to remove me. Yet you just solidified the fact that it was done illegally. Another another reason mm -hmm. why. Well, when I saw it there, I, uh, I said, this is curious. Mm -hmm. And you've just explained it to me. Yes. Thank you. Well, that's the purpose of these interviews, right? Mm -hmm. All right. We're uh, chatting with uh, Lisa Baldelli Hunt, and we're talking about some of the uh, some of the things that uh, that the mayor has to uh, get involved in uh, again. 
when um, when she goes back to her office on Wednesday morning, and as I got, uh, you know, I got a list of things here that um, that are on the list. They're not necessarily in that in, in that matter of importance, um, but um, is the Cinegro solution? Uh, I know Mr. D'Agostino is involved in that. Uh, is a Cinego solution a council matter or is it an administration matter? Trying to find a, a, happy, a happy ending uh, to that. Or is there really no happy ending to Cinegro? It's just something that, that we got stuck with and we're just going to have to find a way to deal with it indefinitely. That situation is... You know, Director D'Agostino could spend an entire hour with you. Ex- he is going to, as a matter of fact. He's booked, yeah. up, he's booked some time to do Oh, that. I don't yeah. think he'll use all that time to address <laughs> only that. But uh, we're working on it. We inherited it, as, as you know, um, yes. as others did as well. And uh, this is a bigger problem than, and I don't want to say a bigger problem. This is a bigger conversation uh, than um, something simple that can be addressed like, the previous questions that you had but uh we need to get others from outside the city involved in this but i will tell you this there is no one there is no elected official and there is no one in the administration that knows more about this than steve d'agostino so when people try to talk about this um uh in in a thorough fashion he's basically the only one who can do it all right, we'll wait for his uh, mm-hmm. his visit to talk about that and, as you said, uh, other things. Yes. Right, so, okay, uh, next uh, thing I want to mention is uh, one of the programs that uh, I have chatted with you about uh, from time to time is your blight reduction program. I guess the question becomes, do we still have a lot of blight properties that need quote-unquote reduction or have you pretty much tackled this problem and put it behind you, or it's just a never-ending, um, never-ending group of properties? You take one down and another one comes up. Right. Well, this is a this is a program that we implemented back in uh, 2014, and I think it was one of the better programs, um, certainly at the top of the list of what we did. Uh, we, you know, the the city was littered with with blighted properties. And uh, over the years, um, what I have budgeted in blight has been cut practically every year. Uh, it was cut, and um, so it's slowed down a bit. Uh, that we have a new council, though. Uh, but I will say that the program has been very successful, and we've been as aggressive as we can with the funds that we have. Uh, but we will always look to remediate blight because like i say if i don't want to live on the side of it neither does or neither should anyone else uh some of them are much more complicated uh than others they're not straightforward and it's not even a matter of the city buying it to rid the city of it it's complicated within the legal system end of conversation on that yeah but we we will never stop addressing Mm -hmm. blight Right. And so, especially so through our inspection department as well. So there are plenty of properties uh, on the list. Well, there are not as many as when we started. I think when we started, we had uh, over 250. Mm-hmm. All right. 
program continues then. And, yes. Um, so will you be able to put some money back into the budget when the new council comes, comes uh, in? We, we will meet on that. We will discuss it. We'll review some of the properties and I'll get their opinions as to uh, how they would like to move forward on certain ones. We can't do everything. We'll, we're, we are limited. Uh, but I'll, I'll just give you a quick example. Mm-hmm. And, and people forget, and so do I, until you jog your memory. But there was a multifamily house on Park Avenue that was blighted for years. Vinyl siding was falling off of it. Um, it was on the side of another triple decker. It was boarded up. Nothing ever got done with it. That property now, we purchased, we demoed, and then we sold the vacant lot, which had a terrible topography to it, to the gentleman next door. So when you go by, that allowed us to create some space between the the properties and allow a parking lot for the multifamily next door. So he purchased it, he paved it. He put up a wall, and that is beneficial and got cars off the streets for plowing and cleaning. Um, So that's an example. And then there are others that we purchased that became uh, house lots and single-family homes or duplexes. Next issue I want to talk about is homelessness. Now, this issue here may have been on your your, uh, radar scope long before I'm even asking this question, but it's coming on my radar scope as if uh, the governor of the state of Rhode Island, uh, the uh, agencies in the state of Rhode Island are dealing with it statewide. And I know that um, we have a few, um, well, maybe more than a few, a few complexes of homeless establishments um, uh, behind, you know, near, near and along the river. My question to you uh, Lisa, is is about homelessness in Woonsocket. Do you feel that that we have this issue under control? Do we need more money to to uh, deal with it? Is it over exaggerated? Is it underestimated? Um, where do you um, where do you put the homeless issue uh, here in the city? Well, f- first of all, one of the first things um, that I'm going to do is I am going to um, hope that Dan Gendron lets me know what he's done over the last nine weeks. Um, I've emailed him twice regarding uh, some just blatant homelessness camps that are right out in the open um, on our streets. And again, no response. But there's time to put items like you just mentioned on the docket. Um, This is the difference between the type of leadership that the city had and what you just got for the last nine weeks. And homelessness is real. Homelessness affects the quality of life for the the folks who are homeless and the quality of life for the people who live within the city. It also affects our public safety officials, uh, the continuous calls for service, which I'm going to get. Um, information on a breakdown of the percentages of calls that are going in that the very same direction all the time. Um, I want to know from the state where money is being directed to what agencies. And I want to know from those agencies what are they doing with the funds, whether they're federal or state, and city funds as well go there, which are, are um, funds that 
have to go in that type of direction through funds we receive from the federal government. Uh, so you're, let's be honest with each other. You're going to have homeless people who I don't care what you do. That's the lifestyle they want. Yes. And I've talked to professionals. I've talked to people in the medical field. And there are certain people who have chosen that lifestyle. That's what they want and that's what they'll do. There are others who would like a better life. And my concern is that we are putting a lot of money into homelessness, but I'm not seeing the numbers reducing. And if the numbers are growing, why are they growing? How did they become homeless? Was it a housing issue? Was it a medical issue? Was it a mental health issue? But this is not about taking money and just throwing things, um, throwing tents and tarps and backpacks and, you know, all these things and saying, here, this will get you through the night. People need a path to be able to live healthy, respectfully, and to gain back their self-esteem. So I'm concerned about this on all angles, and we need local legislation that puts some teeth in some of the things that's happening that we shouldn't allow happening in the city. It's almost like there's so much money being thrown at it that uh, some people would say, hey, this is not such a bad thing to become homeless because there's so much uh, Mm -hmm. uh, available uh, money, uh, tents and backpacks and cell phones and so forth. Anyway, uh, I have one more question before I go to the break, uh, and that is um, a building, uh, the the Longley building where Domino's used to be. Now he's he's built his new building, and and he's uh, he's got a nice, uh, great location on Social Street. I'm sure he's doing well. My understanding is he still owns the Longley building, and he's working with developers to um, to bring it along uh, to. Uh, Apartments and, and commercial uh, uh, commercial establishments on the lower levels. Um, is that what you understood? That's the conversation that Johnny No and I have had over the years. Over the years. Over okay. the years. This is not it, new. No, this uh-huh. it, it is. Uh, he, I, I must say, he was always open and receptive to whatever came before him. Um, he always said uh, that eventually he would get. To rehab, he owned three franchises, so he was working very hard. He built his new building and went back to this building like he like he said he would. And the thought was always residential on the top, commercial on the bottom. But he has always indicated to me, I am open to any ideas that you bring forward. And um, so he's actually one of the first people, uh, not that I can't call him today, but I'm busy, so. Um, but we will regroup again, and I have spoken with him during the the nine weeks um, that have passed. And so it's going to turn out to be a nice project. Then uh, looks like uh, they're doing a lot of. He's work. He's a very yeah. nice man, and he's very reasonable. But I can't tell you exactly what he's doing there right now. It, right now, he is um, reducing the clutter inside. All right. Well, we'll follow up in a few, yes. few days. Sandra writes a daily email to us. Uh, Good morning, Roger and Mayor Lisa. Happy for your return as mayor, since I have confidence in you and always have. I must be honest in admitting I'm somewhat skeptical about the new council. But saying goes um, 
time will tell moving forward. Wishing you everything positive. Once again, welcome back. So let's uh, take uh, Sandra's com- comment. Uh, I'm uh, skeptical about the new council. Is there any reason for anybody to be skeptical about the new council? Anything else when there's change, um, I think if you grow accustomed to, um, you know, certain people leading, it's, you know, you become comfortable with that. And the good thing is if they do not uh, perform and they do not lead, um, if they're always going to be frightened by the vocal minority, um, which can be intimidating at first, uh, they won't be reelected. Let's be honest with each other. Uh, the, the voices of the city of Woonsocket were loud and clear. They did not approve or accept the actions of the five city councilors. Um, and, and this is not any knock on anyone. This is factual. I mean, the results are in. And they did not approve of that. They did not approve of the fact that they thought that they could be so arrogant that they could strip the vote of the residents of this city and silence them uh if you did not approve of what i first of all you did not even give my attorneys the opportunity to thoroughly vet all the charges um the actual proceeding was a joke i mean when you have a council person acting as a judge who then turns into the mayor i mean i i, I don't know I, I i gotta call hollywood because this could really be a movie we could make some great money um sell the script huh? oh my gosh and then you have someone who's admitting that um, oops, I made another mistake. Oops, you know, oops. It's like, oops, you're trying to remove somebody from office and, and you know, you worked on it all summer and oops, the first two things are errors. So, you know, it, it, it's just, it's disgusting is what it is. And to, to go back to Sandra's, um, you know, Mrs. LaFrance's, uh, question or concern, um, I hope uh, she grows to appreciate the work they did. But as we know, if you don't like it, then that's when you change it. And I just want them to lead comfortably. You can't have a bleeding heart and you can't have a cold heart. You have to have some ground in the middle. And when you're first elected, you know, everything seems like it's it's an emergency and it's a big concern. And if someone speaks or calls you a 100 times, you have to act. And um, it's you have to dissect what's actual and factual and and what you can address and what you can't. And I think if there wasn't so much resistance, this is my my mess. First of all, if that action did not take place because. Um, as you know, Roger, they gave me time, and time can be your enemy. And I used my time wisely uh, that was given to me. And um, I, I feel that certain things, first of all, the disrespect, the screaming, the condescending comments, you know, those are things that are gone now. If for nothing else, civility will come to this city, and we won't be the laughing stock of the state and running into people who say, I can't wait for every other Monday because I get my popcorn. And that's insulting, and yeah. it's embarrassing. You don't like that. No. Um, we're going to break. Um, uh, we're going to give you a final word to give me a scoop and anything you want to say. Then we have a little segment with Steve Casey because the uh, holiday stroll, and Winter Wonderland for that matter, 
have been pushed to Sunday instead of Saturday. So we're going to get a little bit on that. But what do you want to say um, uh, as we uh, close out this interview before we go to commercial break? Well, I would just like to say, um, just because I did not know my dear friend Paulette Hamilton was sworn in last night. Um, did you know the inauguration was last night? No, not the North Smithfield inauguration. I knew it was coming. I yes. just didn't know when it was coming. How the heck did that happen? I don't know. Well, I, you know, I think she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. That was a hardworking town administrator who was, again, uh, understands what, what I I have been exposed to. And she really did a phenomenal job. I am so thrilled uh, that, that she is one of the leaders of, of North Smithfield. So I would like to say that. Um, I would like to say I will be back before Christmas. Um, but... You did want some scoops, right? Yeah, I, I, oh, I oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll give you two scoops. Okay. So I am, I've already been talking with someone who has interest in 162 Main Street. We've do- been down this path before. We know that building is in, in shape that's very concerning. Better known as? The Rhode Island Hospital Trust Building okay. across from City Hall. Um, but the fact that someone is interested, you give the time, you give the attention, and who knows, um, maybe, maybe something good could happen. Uh, also, I will say, at that ribbon cutting for the higher ed center, Senator Whitehouse looked across the street at that building and he said, what is going on with that? And I told him about the challenges and he said, that is Winsocket's Superman building. And I said, yes, it is. And he said, let's talk after the election. So I will have a conversation with him. uh, But I will tell you that the uh, law firm that I am putting forward is the law firm that represented me uh, during the hearing. And the name of that company is? So that would be Michael Lepizaris. Okay. And and ancillary attorneys that go along with that. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Okay. Uh, My pleasure. Back in a moment after um, we check in with All Tech Painting. The name of the business, All Tech Painting. We've been serving the Massachusetts and Rhode Island community with top-notch painting services. We want to be your one-stop shop for interior and exterior painting, plastering, drywall repair, power washing, wood staining, and so much more. And we do all this with the promise of 100% satisfaction using quality materials and the finest product you can be proud of. That's the kind of company we are. Have any questions or want a quote? Call 401-378-7765. All Tech Painting. Of North Attleboro, ready to serve you at 401 378 7765. Skilled craftsmen, ready to work for you. Made Believable, the company where we love to clean so you don't have to, is now hiring. We're the best place to work with paid time off and gas reimbursement, of course. You'll be a certified professional cleaner. Call Crystal at 401-309-7440 and find out why we are the best place in town to work. We are a Cumberland-based business. We are fully insured and bonded, too. And if you want our services, remember, we bring our own supplies and equipment. Our cleaning professionals are thoroughly screened, background checked, and trained. And we're pet friendly, and we can work with any budget, and we'll customize the cleaning for you. Made believable. Again, our number, 401-309-7440. 
Whether you like it or not, snow is coming soon. Are you ready to control it? Tony's State Line Power Products at 271 Main Street in Blackstone has the king of the snow, Aaron's snow throwing equipment. Come on in and talk to Tony and she'll size up how much of a snow throwing experience you need. We have a full line of Aaron's snow throwers to handle your property from 20 inches to 36 inches of clearing capacity. We also have portable generators by Generac and Husqvarna for your emergency power needs. Come see our huge selection at State Line Power Products in Blackstone. Showroom open Monday through Saturday at 8 a.m. Tony's State Line Power Products is ready for this winter. Are you? Okay, and just want to remind you for uh, for lunch, how about uh, Savini's Pomodoro? For dinner, how about Savini's Pomodoro? For uh, weekend dining, how about Savini's Pomodoro? Rothman Street, Woonsocket, Rhode Island. And uh, we uh, would love to see you over the weekend. And we have some chef specials in addition to our uh, in addition to our regular main menu, including my favorite eggplant parmesan. All right, that's the Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. State Representative Steve Casey in studio uh, with us right now, and he's going to give us a rundown. First of all, of uh, of you can't control the weather in New England a statement, uh, and then. Uh, that means moving an event uh, to another day and telling you a little bit about the event itself. Steve, welcome to our microphones. What's going on? Thank you, Roger. It's great to be here. Um, I used to believe and hope that uh, all meteorologists are wrong 35% of the time, or right 35% of the time. Either way, they still get paid. But uh, we were hoping that they were going to be wrong about this weekend. But uh, 35% wrong about a 90% or 100% chance of rain and wind. Uh, so we had to make a decision. Uh, and uh, along with the administration, current administration, and uh, Liz Kerrigan, who was running the Winter Wonderland for the city down at the River Island Park, uh, from a public safety standpoint and a protection of assets standpoint, meaning our props and decorations and all those other things, we decided that we, could, uh, we had to move it uh, to Sunday. And originally, uh, our holiday stroll had a rain date of next Saturday the 10th. But uh, along with the administration, we decided the weather's supposed to be perfect on Sunday. Let's just move it to Sunday. It's a one-day delay. And in a lucky happenstance, almost all of the vendors and the people that were coming to do performances and things like that, as well as our horse-drawn carriage ride uh, and, uh, you know, people that are going to come and volunteer for the event were able to make those changes. So luckily, we're not going to lose very much as far as our presentation uh of the of the holiday stroll and uh, i will let people know that this year we had actually planned because it's such a popular event uh we had planned to have two horse-drawn carriage rides um although the change in the date uh we we lost one of our carriage rides and uh we kind of got lucky though uh we actually have now uh one horse-drawn carriage ride in a tractor pull hayride oh. that's going to take place so uh, we're still going to have the same uh, same type of event, and it's going to be, uh, you know, hopefully very enjoyable for everybody that attends. All right, and before you leave, I just want to <laughs> let you know that I wrote down the phrase uh, because i got to use it in the future. Uh, thank you very much for the term, lucky happenstance. Yes. Right, all right. <laughs> yes. Well, where did you learn that one? Uh, did that come out of Boston? Uh, or? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Just things kind of flow sometimes. <laughs> all right. Well, it's lucky happenstance that we'll have it Sunday instead of uh 
of Saturday with uh, the vendors. Yep. Final word? Uh, yeah, the event's going to be 2 to 7 p.m. Uh, for the for the uh, Main Street Holiday Stroll down at the Mullen Municipal Parking Lot. There's still going to be events at the Mill Race Building during those same hours. And also, uh, the city's event uh, is going to be down at the River Island Park from 3 to 8 p.m. So we hope everybody can come down and enjoy some of the fun and festivities. Thanks for stopping by. We've taped this, and we're going to play it tomorrow morning when Jeff uh, does the morning talk show, although you're welcome to call him tomorrow morning and uh, re, uh, re-promote the event. Your okay. choice. Okay, thanks. So lucky happenstance we'll, we'll one way or the other. We'll see how it happens. Okay. Hey, that's it for our show for today. We'll see you on uh, Monday on the Upfront program. I'm Roger. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Socket.